Welcome to an enlightening podcast from IslamPodcasts.com. We encourage our listeners to please comment and let us know how we can grow in our knowledge to better serve our community. Please remind your family and friends to also visit IslamPodcasts.com for engaging discussions on current events, Islamic guidance, Quran, Tafsir, Sira, and much more. Alhamdulillah, nahmadu wa nusalli ala rasulihi al-kareem. Amma ba'd. Today, inshallah, uh, we'll start our session uh, talking regarding the, the Medina period of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And uh, we'll start from uh, uh, the, the time where uh, we left off last week. Last week, last week we left off at Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa made the, uh, the pact with, uh, with the Yahud. And uh, today we'll talk about uh, what uh, are the actions Rasulullah undertook after uh, he made those the, the pact with uh, the Yahud and also uh, the the mitaq that Rasulullah wrote between the Ansar and Muhajirin as well. Uh, so uh, after that, uh, one thing to remember about Rasulullah uh, after he migrated to Medina, uh, this was the time when uh, he started implementing the rules of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and he was building a state, meaning that he was the head of the state and uh, now while he was building, he had to make sure that uh, we can see from the, the actions that he undertook that he was building the state in a way that act like a state. It was not just a place Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa has uh, was able to found uh, as, a, as a safe haven for, uh, for the Muslims only, rather it was a place where Rasulullah was now a ruler, a head of the state, and he was implementing the laws of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala as a whole. Now, uh, having said that, we see after that that the, the, the actions that he undertook, he started uh, uh, expanding the da'wah of, of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, of Islam, to, uh, uh, to the rest of the Arabian Peninsula. Meaning from Medina now, Rasulullah started uh, expanding this call. And to expand the call because uh, at the end of the day, Rasulullah was sent as a messenger for the whole mankind. He was not sent for only his nation. And uh, the end goal of the da'wah was to take this message to the whole mankind. And f- to do that, he had to have a stable state. And from there on, he started expanding the call. And to expand the call, he had to take he had to take care of the threat, a consistent threat that was coming towards the Muslimin from the Quraysh of the Mecca or, or, or the Meccan in general. And to uh, to take care of that, mm-hmm. now Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam he started uh, sending uh, different uh, uh, missions uh, or or uh, if you want to call them uh, uh, different kinds of. Uh, uh, different kind of groups of Muslims who were headed by uh, different re- leaders uh, in different directions from Medina, between Medina and Mecca, to protect the borders of uh, of the Medina, and not only to protect the border, rather to expand the border as well. And to do that, uh, Rasulullah Sallallahu uh, uh, before he was sending. So just to draw a picture of it, that what was happening at that time. The Quraysh were not happy about the situation that Rasulullah left, uh, left Mecca and he found a safe haven. Also, they also realized that that can be problematic 
for the Meccans themselves as well, because uh, Medina was on uh, in between the Bilad Sham and the Mecca, and uh, they basically the, their trade routes were going through the area, and uh, that was one of the the threats they had also. And Rasulullah actually uh, did uh, he did take actions that prevented them to uh, have a safe haven for their uh, for their trade. And uh, but Quraysh were actually what they did was they were trying to uh, make alliances with the uh, with the mushrikeen of the Medina and the Munafiqeen. and uh, they, they they wrote letters and they they approached different uh, uh, mushrikeen and Munafiqeen that included the head of the Munafiqeen uh, that was uh, Abdullah bin Ubay bin Salul, and uh, they actually there are hadith for example there's another pretty long hadith mentioned in uh, Sunan Abi Dawood. And uh, that uh, talks about how uh, the Quraysh were uh, reaching, uh, they were reaching to the, uh, the kuffar of the Medina and uh, also the Munafiqeen. So uh, that, that talks about that they said, uh, the, one of the reports talk like this, they said, you have, prote- you have given protection to our companion, uh, whosoever Allah, you should uh, uh, you should fight him or expel him. Meaning, referring to Rasulullah that you have given him the protection. So either you fight him or expel him, or we shall come to you in full force until we kill your fighters and mm-hmm. uh, uh, appropri- appropriate your women. Meaning, talking about uh, to, to take your women as uh, as slaves. Now. Uh, and now the, uh, Abdullah bin Ubay bin Salul and uh, the, these uh, mushrikeen also, they were gathering to actually fight Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Now, when Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa found out about this, Rasulullah sallallahu uh, he paid the visit. And the, the hadith in uh, Abu Dawood, the, the same one long hadith, a part of it, continues mm-hmm. on and says, when this news reached Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he visited them and said, the threat of the Quraysh to you has reached its end. They cannot contrive a plot against you greater than what you saw yourselves intended to harm you. Are you willing to fight your sons and brethren? When they heard this uh, from Rasulullah they scattered, they, they uh, dissipated. So now here, the, uh, what Rasulullah was referring to them was, because their own brothers and, and sons, they were among, uh, among the men who became Muslim. Now, Rasulullah reminded them, if you want to fight, what you're talking about is you will be fighting your own sons and brothers. So, upon listening that, as we talked about last week as well, in general, uh, the mushrikeen did not really have a very uh, harsh kind of an attitude towards Rasulullah and this is why most of them actually became Muslim uh, over the time. But some of the people, including especially Abdullah bin Ubay bin Salul, who was actually hoping to be the king before Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam came to Medina? So he had a grudge against Rasulullah sallallahu and some of the other leaders. They kept this uh, uh, this grudge in their hearts, and they continued to, even though the rest of the people they they, they moved away uh, to do any kind of action against Rasulullah sallallahu But uh, some of these leaders they kept some envious kind of uh, attitudes towards Rasulullah and they continued to have uh, interaction with uh, the Meccans. And uh, th- th- this is one of the things that was uh, kind of a problematic 
could have caused problems with the, to the Muslims. And along with them, there were Jews also of the Medina who were in the background. They were uh, making alliances with, uh, with the Quraysh as well. Um, uh, after that, uh, one time, uh, Sa'ad ibn Mu'al, radiallahu an, uh, as this hadith is reported by Bukhari, he, uh, he went to do the Umrah. And the Umrah of the Kaaba, um, Rasulullah already was in Medina, and now he went to do the Umrah. And he was a good friend with Umayyah bin Khalf. Uh, and uh, when, uh, Umayyah bin Khalf, when, uh, when he went there to do the Umrah, he asked uh, uh, Umayyah to, what is a good time to go and make, uh, make the Umrah or make the Tawaf of the Kaaba? And uh, Umayyah bin Khalaf, he, he took him during the daytime, as we talked about in the past. Also, in general, uh, if it's a mid of the day, not many people will be there. But Abu Jahl was there. And uh, Abu, Jahl saw, uh, Abu, Abu Jahl saw Sa'ad bin Mu'ad. And he knew, uh, so he, said, uh, he knew him. And he said to him, uh, he tell, uh, Abu Jahl told him, Oh, Abu Sufwan. Who is the, sorry, he did not know uh, Sa'ad bin Mu'ad, but he knew of him uh, who Sa'ad bin Mu'ad was. So he goes, O Abu Safwan, referring to Umayyah bin Khalaf, that uh, who is this man accompanying you? He said, he is Sa'ad. So Abu Jahl addressed Sa'ad saying, I see you wandering about safety in Mecca, in spite of the fact that you have given shelter to the people who have changed their religion, uh, referring to the, the Muslims who became Muslim. And have claimed that you will help them and support them. By Allah, if you were not in the company of Abu Safwan, you would not be able to go your family safely. So Sa'ad, uh, who was also one of the leaders of, of the tribes of, the, uh, of, uh, of Medina, Sa'ad raising his voice said to him, By Allah, if you should stop me from doing this, i.e. performing tawaf, I would certainly prevent you from something which is more valuable for you. That is your passage through Medina. So he threatened him uh, in return. Uh, and upon this, this is a very interesting story about uh, Umayyah bin Khalaf also. So Umayyah bin Khalaf said, O Sa'ad, do not raise your voice before uh, Abu al-Hakam, the chief of uh, the people of the Valley of the Mecca. Sa'ad said, O Umayyah, Stop that. So Abu al-Hakam is Abu Jahl's name, of course. And so Abu uh, Sa'ad said, Oh Umayyah, stop that. By Allah, I have heard Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam predicting that the Muslim will kill you. Now Umayyah, right away, his response was, In Mecca. Look, when he's asking like this in Mecca, he is already uh, convinced because Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam has said something, it is going to happen. And this is the way they used to look at Rasulullah They were very afraid of him whenever he, he gave any of the uh, news about any kind of uh, uh, punishment or anything. They knew that he doesn't lie. Uh, even though they rejected him because of their hard-headedness, because they did not want to lose the power that they were enjoying. Uh, so he, they, uh, he right away said, uh, is he going to kill me in Mecca, the Muslims? So Sa'ad said, I don't know. Umayyah was greatly scared by that news. And when Umayyah returned to his family, he said to his wife, O Umayyah, 
Don't you know what uh, Sa'ad told me? She said, what has he told, he told you? He replied, he claims that Muhammad has informed them, his companions or Ashab, that uh, the companions, that they will kill me. I, uh, and she asked the same thing. Or he, he, he said, I asked him in Mecca, and he replied, I, uh, he replied, I don't know. So then Umayyah added, by Allah, I will never go out of Mecca. So from there on, he made this uh, oath that he will not leave Mecca. He was so scared of that. And even, he did not want to even go to later on when we say in Ghazwatul Badr, he did not want to go to Ghazwatul Badr even. So uh, Abu Jahl continued to force him. And he said, go and protect your caravan. So he was telling him, you have to go and protect your caravans. If you, if you don't go, you, you will lose your caravan. So, but Umayyah disliked to leave uh, Mecca because of, he was told, that Rasulullah said, that uh, you will be killed. So he wanted to stay, but uh, uh, Abu Jahl kept on urging him to go until Umayyah said, as you have forced me to change my mind by Allah, I will buy the best camel in Mecca. Then Umayyah said to his wife, Um, um Safwan, prepare what I need for the journey. Uh, she said to him, Oh Abu Safwan, have you forgotten what your Yathrabi brother told you? He said, no, but I do not want to go with them, but for a short distance. So when Umayyah went out, he used to tie his camel whenever he camped. Uh, and he kept on doing that till Allah caused him to be killed at Badr. So, look, like the Yahud, who were aware of Rasulullah's prophethood, even these mushrikeen in Mecca, they, uh, they recognize that Rasulullah does not, he does not lie. Uh, like uh, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala talks about the Yahud, uh, uh, that they know Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi recognize him as they recognize their children. So in this case of the mushrikeen in Mecca, they recognize that uh, whatever he says, he says the truth, even about their own death. Now, uh, uh, so ibn Umar, uh, after that, Sa'ad ibn Mu'ad, he, he returned. Now, this, these kind of uh, uh, provocative kind of uh, actions by the Quraysh continued on even to the point they threatened Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam that they will kill him in their home, uh, own homeland. Uh, and that threat was not necessarily only for Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam. As one of the hadith of Rasulullah sallam, when he found out about this, uh, and he was with Aisha radiallahu anha, he was lying on the bed, he said, Layta rajula salihan min ashabi, uh, that uh, he, he, he says, were there a pious person from amongst my companions who should keep a watch for me during this night? And then they heard the, 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 the clanking noise and Rasulullah clanking noise of the arms. So Rasulullah asked, Man hada? Uh, so Rasulullah, who, who is this? Qala Sa'ad ibn Abi Waqas, Ya Rasulullah, jaitu ahrusuka. Yani, Sa'ad ibn Abi Waqas said, Ya Rasulullah, I came to guard you. And after that, Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, as Aisha radiallahu anha, she mentioned that Rasulullah sallallahu went to sleep. Now, this was, this continued on until Allah Azza wa Jal revealed the ayah in uh, Surah Al-Ma'idah that says, Ya ayyuhu Rasul, ballig ma unzila ilayka min rabbik. The O Rasulullah sallallahu uh, announced this message to uh, that has revealed to you by your Rabb. Wa illam tafal fama balagta risalata. And if you don't, and if you do not, then you have not conveyed his message. 
Then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Wallahu ya'asimuka minan nas. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, And Allah will protect you from the people. When this ayah was revealed, uh, so there are two aspects of it. One, look, Rasulullah was warned that you have to convey the message that has been revealed to you. Okay? Uh, also, Allah guaranteed Rasulullah that he will protect him. Once this ayah was revealed as one of the hadith uh, which, is, uh, uh, which talks about that, that Rasulullah uh, when this ayah was revealed, then Rasulullah came out, فَأَخْرَجَ رَأْسَهُ مِنْ فَقَالَ لَهُمْ When he came out and he said, يَا أَيُّهُ النَّاسَ أَنْصْرِفُوا فَقَدْ عَصَمَنِيَ اللَّهِ Meaning, uh, now you go away, I, uh, I, I, Allah is going to protect me. Okay? So he, make it, he made it clear uh, that Allah will protect him. Uh, now, I want to take a, a pause here to make uh, one point. So uh, it's not just a storytelling we are talking about here. Rather, we have to understand some of the uh, some of the impacts with or lessons that we can learn from these things in our lives as well. Um, this is the time Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam. He was having the 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 threat from the kuffar <laughs> that they may hurt him. And he took all the measures to protect himself as well here. Okay, until Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala took the responsibility of protecting him. Second thing here is, uh, if we look at the life of later on, uh, even the, one of the famous incident of uh, Umar bin Khattab radiallahu that one, uh, once uh, the Rasul Kisra, meaning the messenger of Kisra, Persian emperor, uh, he came to Medina. Uh, to meet uh, uh, Umar al-Khattab, Amir al-Mu'mineen. And he's asking for, the story goes like this, first of all, he's asking for his palace or his fortress. And then somebody guided him to his house. And he saw the house was, uh, it's an Adna uh, house, meaning it's a very, uh, uh, what do you call it, Adna, a small house. And uh, like the, 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 the hadith says, like, uh, it's like buyut al-fuqara, like the houses of the poor. And he found him sleeping under the tree in a very simple dress. And this is where this, uh, uh, this messenger of Kisra said a famous statement. He says, Hakamta fa'adalta fa'aminta fa'nimt, ya Umar. He goes, that you ruled with justice and you secured yourself and you sleep you you slept you oh Omar so now the reason I'm bringing this is today and even even for him he was saying this because he realized the rulers at that time even whether it was Kisra or Qaisar or whoever the leaders were they used to have guards around them and uh, and armies around them to protect them and, and he is saying to Omar that you are secured and you are sleeping under the tree like this because you have provided justice to the people. And we find a very similar thing today also. All the leaders around us, whether they are among their own people or they are visiting other people, you find them, there will be thousands and thousands of people who are there to protect them. They will be blocking all the roads and no regular person can come there or see them without any kind of a security. That shows 
that they are scared of their own people, how much of a justice they are really providing to the people. If they were really providing justice, they would have not have any of these kind of a fear. And when I'm talking about Umar bin Khattab, he is not, uh, 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 was not the ruler of a small place. His ruling was spread across a huge area. And, and even in that situation, he was uh, sleeping like this. And in, in the time of Umar al-Khattab, the, uh, uh, the, the state already spread across now two continents because uh, it was already spreading Africa as well, as well as a major part of Asia was under the control of, uh, of the Muslims at that time. Okay. After all these situations were happening, and uh, 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 going back to the Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, he he mentioned to the Sahaba that uh, Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala has taken the responsibility of Allah Nas that He will protect him. Uh, and the situation was getting like this. Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala also uh, gave the order, uh, the, the permission to fight also. Allah says in Surah Al-Hajj that permission to fight is given to those believers uh, against those believers who are fighting them and because they have been wronged. And surely Allah uh, is able to give them victory. And the ayat continued on then uh, in, in the Surah Al-Hajj and that also gives, uh, gave uh, an open uh, command of fighting also as Allah subhanahu wa says in the same surah that the Muslim ruler meaning talking about uh, in the one who has the authority on the earth that uh, the power that Allah has given to them so they are ordered for establishing the salah and uh, uh, which is the, 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 the uh, salah and uh, uh, taking the zakah and also enjoying the good and forbid the evil. That also include actually Amr bil Ma'ruf wa Munkar will also include the fighting in general as well. Okay. Uh, and after that, Rasulullah now he started uh, sending, uh, started sending the, the, the missions of uh, different groups to different areas. And uh, I will not go into the detail of all of them. Uh, I would just want to mention that uh, there were about uh, uh, 10 different uh, uh, missions Rasulullah mm-hmm. sent uh, for, uh, for, towards the Quraysh, uh, or the people in be- actually the areas between Mecca and Medina. Now, f- before I talk about I want to make sure... Uh, just a definition so when next time when we are discussing that we don't have to keep going back and forth uh, there were some of those uh, missions or invasions that Rasulullah uh, initiated from himself um, are referred as, as Sariyah and Sariyah and the others are called Ghazwa in general Ghazwat are the one which are the one Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam he is the one who led them if Rasulullah sent some other Sahabi to lead uh, that mission, uh, that is referred as a Sariya. Now, uh, the, so the, the different Sariya that we will see that happen, the, uh, the Rasulullah sent, 
So the first one that Rasulullah said, and, uh, and there are maybe many, but these 10 that I'm talking about, these are the ones that happened prior to Ghazwatul Badr. And they are the one they led into the Ghazwatul Badr, the first major fight that happened between uh, the, the Muslims and, and the Kuffar. And this is why that day is also referred as Yawm al-Furqan. When we get to Ghazwatul Badr, inshallah, we'll talk about uh, Yawm al-Furqan, the day of, that, that really distinguishes between the uh, falsehood and the truth. Now, uh, the first one that Rasulullah uh, Rasul sent was, uh, <clears throat> it's called uh, Sayf al-Bahar. Uh, the, the Sayf al-Bahar, that's the one that was sent under the leadership of, leadership of Hamza uh, bin Abdul Muttalib. And there were about 30 uh, uh, Muhajireen were sent with, uh, with Hamza. Uh, and they were sent to intercept a caravan of, uh, of the Quraysh. And that caravan had 300 people, including Abu Jahl. Now, these two parties, they encountered, uh, but uh, the Majdi bin Amr, he is the one who was on good terms on both sides, so he, he, he prevented any kind of a, a clash, and uh, nothing really happened among them. Uh, similarly, Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he, uh, he sent other, uh, uh, other people also, including, for example, Ubaidah uh, bin al-Harith bin, bin Muttalib, and he headed with 60 horsemen uh, uh, of, of the Muhajireen. And they, he went to, it's called Batn Rabigh, and uh, where they encountered Abu Sufyan. See, there are different caravans are coming, which are actually headed by their leaders. First one was Abu Jahl, this one is Abu Sufyan. And he had a, a caravan of 200 men. Uh, but uh, there, was, uh, there was not really any kind of a fight happened here either. Uh, similarly, Rasulullah also sent uh, Sa'ad bin Abi Waqas with uh, 20 horsemen in the, the areas called Al-Kharrar. Al- Al- uh, then Rasulullah uh, took uh, uh, some of, the, uh, uh, some of the, the men along with him, and that's why it's called Ghazwatul Abuwa or Waddan also. That happened in the second year of the Hijrah. The, so far, what I talked about, the first three of them, they were in the first year of the Hijrah. This, this is the one in the second year of Hijrah, and this happened in the month of Safa. And Rasulullah Wasallam, he, uh, he went out with 70 men. That included the Muhajireen, and some of the Ansar was along with Rasulullah Wasallam. Now, whenever Rasulullah Wasallam left like this, he used to leave uh, one of the Ashab of his as the caretaker behind him. So to run the affairs of the Medina. Whenever Rasulullah was leaving uh, uh, the Medina, he would leave somebody else to run the affairs. So you always have an Amir over there. So in this case, first time Rasulullah left, he left uh, Sa'ad ibn Ubadah as the one who will be uh, taking care of the affairs of the Medina. Uh, in this case also, uh, uh, they, they went after the caravans of the Meccans. Again, not really any fight happened, and they came back. Uh, then there was a Ghazwatul Buwat uh, that happened in the second year, in, uh, in, the, in the month of Rabi' al-Awwal. Uh, Rasulullah had about 200 companions along with him. Towards the, the, they went to Buwat to uh, intercept a caravan that belonged to Quraysh. So 
Um, and then there is another one that happened in the, the Vijayat Kuala Ghazbat of one, and this happened in the second year of Hijrah. Uh, and, uh, and there are some other names, I'll just mention them and continue on, because if I go into detail of each one of them, uh, it's going to take way too long for us to uh, cover the, uh, the material that we would like to cover, inshallah. Uh, but if there is any question about them, uh, I'll try to answer, inshallah. Uh, then there was uh, uh, there's another uh, Ghazwa which is called Ghazwa Dil uh, Usharain, and this one uh, this one happened in the second year of the Hijrah as well. Uh, now the one that really uh, caused or became uh, one of the main trigger for uh, uh, for the uh, for the Ghazwa Badr to uh, to happen, even though all these uh, uh, expedition that Rasulullah was sending or uh, doing himself as well, they were there was a sign that Rasulullah is trying to expand. And in some of these expeditions, uh, even though the fights did not happen, Rasulullah was able to make different treaties with the surrounding tribes. Uh, and because of those treaties, uh, or the pacts that Rasulullah made to make them as the allies of Rasulullah for the time being. Uh, the Medina state actually expanded about 300 miles before even Ghazbatul Badr happened. So that was because of uh, these expeditions that Rasulullah was doing. Now, when uh, the, 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 the one that, is called, which, that happened in the Nakhla, uh, Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam actually only sent uh, twelve uh, muhajirin with six camels in the leadership of Abdullah, Abdullah bin Jahash, and uh, he gave them a let- uh, He gave him a letter, and uh, he told him, "Do not open this letter until after the two days of uh, distance that you have covered." Uh, and uh, in that letter, Rasulullah sallallahu directed them to go to Nakhla. And Nakhla is, uh, Nakhla is standing between Mecca and Ta'if. And Rasulullah ordered them to intercept a caravan of Quraysh over there. Now, uh, but the letter said also, whoever wishes to go forward with you goes, otherwise he can come back. But all of them uh, obeyed the order and they went with Abdullah bin Jahash. Now, the problem here happened was this. When they got there, it was... Uh, it was the end of the Rajab. And uh, the month of uh, Rajab, is con- uh, it is considered as one of the, uh, one of the, the, the sacred months in which the fighting is not al- was not allowed to the Muslims. And there is a difference of opinion about that. Uh, and I will not go into these kind of uh, uh, the differences as we are covering the seerah here. It's not the issue of just going into the fiqh issues. But I'll just mention that just for the sake of uh, completeness whether this uh, uh, sacred month still exists or not exists. Uh, there is an ikhtilaf about this. Uh, some of the fuqaha go along with this, that it, the, the, the rule of uh, sacred months have been uh, abrogated, while the others, they say, majority of them say it's abrogated, while the others say, no, it's not abrogated. And they have their own evidences for that. Uh, it's not the uh, discussion uh, for here though, just want to bring it up uh, so we, mm-hmm. we will know that now when it comes to uh, Abdullah bin Jahash and these 12 guys who were with him with 6 camels um, uh, they, when, they, when they got to the Nakhla 
over there, they did intercept a caravan of Quraysh. And now what they had, the problem was, uh, they were thinking of what should we do? Should we go and intercept and fight with them and uh, take the, the, the booty of war or the uh, spoils of war? Or should they return? Because uh, uh, this, is, uh, the, the, this is the sacred month. Uh, but they they uh, they agreed among themselves that they, they are going to go forward and they will uh, intercept this uh, caravan. And uh, this uh, caravan uh, also had uh, uh, their leaders like Amr bin al-Hadrami, Uthman and Nawfal, uh, son of Abdullah bin al-Mughira. Uh, then uh, when when the Muslims, they, they came across with them, uh, Amr bin uh, al-Hadrami, he was actually killed. And uh, Uthman and Nawfal, they, became the, they, were, they became the prisoner of war. And also, they got some of the spoils of war. Now, for the kuffar of the Mecca, that was a good time for them. Now started, uh, started the propaganda. They started the propaganda against the Muslims that they are breaking all the uh, rules of the sacred month and they are not uh, they are not following the sacred months uh, as uh, it was in the uh, in the in the sharia of islam as well as the sharia that they were following the meccans uh, these were the sacred months and it was not allowed to fight in these months uh, this is why they used to use these months as a means of uh, the safety and security for the people and this these are the time that they used, they used to use to move the caravans as well, even the Hajj was happening during this time, so people can come and go with, with, with security. Uh, as we talked about in the past, even when Rasulullah and the Sahaba, they were boycotted and they were put in uh, Sharb uh, uh, Ibn Abi Talib. Uh, and over there, uh, uh, the Muslims, they used to get some uh, f- uh, freedom during those four months to get some food supply and things like that for their survival. So even even the kuffar used to be very careful about the sacred months that they would not uh, uh, go against the sanctity of the sacred months. But when they saw this, now they had uh, something to uh, to do a propaganda against the Muslims and Rasulullah wasallam. Look what they are doing to basically uh, uh, create an uprise of the other Arab tribes against Rasulullah wasallam and the Sahaba. Now. When this happened, and Sahaba, they took uh, uh, they took the, those two prisoners and the spoils of war to Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam, and they wanted to take their share of one fifth, and uh, uh, but they were also feeling uh, bad about what happened. And by the way, some of the uh, some of the even uh, fuqaha they go into detail of uh, whether it was even the month of Rajab or not, but the Quran made it very clear actually. Uh, when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala revealed about this confusion that was happening among the Muslims, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, and He revealed in Surah Al Baqarah, it says, uh, that they ask you about fighting in the month of uh, sacred, in the sacred month. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is saying that fighting in this month is big, it's a big sin. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is saying that also uh, preventing the people 
uh, from the path of Allah Azawajal, and doing the kufr and, with it, and uh, preventing the people to enter into Masjid al-Haram and to uh, kick the people out from their houses uh, is uh, is bigger in front of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says min al-qatl. and the fitna is bigger than the qatl meaning it's bigger than fighting that they are referring to bigger than killing so the fitna that they had created so Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is not talking about just okay you have done something bad rather Allah is talking about no no wait wait yes they probably have done something which is referred as a sin but what you have done is bigger than that it's, it's much bigger. And here the word fitna is referring to all the action that they were doing. Preventing the people entering to Masjid al-Haram. Preventing the people to go on the path of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And doing the kufr. And kicking out the people from their houses. This is bigger than... Uh, 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 bigger. Uh, uh, this thing is bigger than even killing in the sacred month. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has cleared the actions of the Muslims over here. What they did. Uh, now... Again, I just want to remind, remember we talked about the word fitna before as well. And we talked about fitna, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala put the people in, in the fitna also. Now, when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is putting under the fitna, or putting under some sort of trials and tribulation, he has, he has a right to do that, and he does the fitna, he tests the people in the just manner. When humans take, putting start putting the people in tests like this, by kicking them out of their houses, or preventing them to go to Masjid al-Haram, or stopping people from going on the path of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. All those things actually are referred as also fitna, but this fitna is oppression. Because when the human beings start putting people under the fitna by their mind, by their actions, this is called oppression. So whenever humans are putting people in doing, through these kind of tests, meaning anything other than Allah has commanded, they are putting through the test to the people which is a fitna, which is bigger than even killing uh, people in the, in the sacred month. Not only killing, killing in the sacred month, which is bigger than even just uh, regular killing. Now, uh, so this, uh, this uh, action that happened in the Nakhla, this was uh, for the Quraysh, it became uh, also a, pre- uh, uh, a reason to attack uh, to Medina, but at the same time, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala also ordered the Muslims to go fight them. So it's not that, and we'll talk inshallah next week more about the, about the Badr, how the Ghazwat al-Badr uh, started and continued on. But I want to make uh, one point here, clear here. When uh, Muslims were going to different places, even when they were intercepting, uh, trying to intercept the, the, those caravans, all those things were part of securing the place for, for Islam to be implemented. Okay? And uh, that was because of the threat that was caused by the, the Meccans for the Muslims or the Islam to spread. And in any case, when uh, the spread of Islam is pre- prevented uh, by any of these barriers, then it is allowed to go and remove these barriers. Whether it, it may take uh, to go for a war, but these barriers have to be removed. And when these barriers have to be removed, they, 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 that may require the, the, the Muslim armies to fight. So Rasulullah he was building a state, he was building an army, so now he can take this message of Islam, not just keep it to Medina, but to take it to the rest of the world as well. And that was the purpose of Rasulullah was sent to Medina. 
So inshallah, uh, I will stop here and uh, uh, we will continue from the time of Badr, Ghazwatul Badr, next week inshallah. But if there is any questions or comments, inshallah, I'll try to take that about the subject that's covered today. Thank you for listening to this podcast. Podcasts on current events, Islamic guidance, Quran tafsir, and sirah are available at islampodcasts.com as well as on iTunes. Rate, review, and comment and let us know how we can grow in our knowledge to better serve our community. Please subscribe, share, and tell a friend about islampodcasts.com. Thank you for listening to this podcast. Podcasts on current events, Islamic guidance, Quran tafsir, and sirah are available at islampodcasts.com as well as on iTunes. Rate, review, and comment and let us know how we can grow in our knowledge to better serve our community. Please subscribe, share, and tell a friend about islampodcasts.com.